It's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Ah! Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. And I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here's a list of my favorite reindeer. Dasher, Rancher, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Glitzen, and Rudolph. Here on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. Friday morning, good time edition. On this December 22nd, I'm Michael Jenkins, live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up on the next three hours, a look back at the Thursday night football tussle featuring the Saints and Rams. We will continue with the NFL at 620 and focus on the biggest games on the schedule during this holiday weekend at 640. Our favorite wagers for bowl season, which continues tonight in Tampa. Then at 7 o'clock, we pay 6-6. Pick six and tell you which NFL picks are on the slate that we will be wagering on this weekend. That is followed by NBA picks and leans at 720, including a look ahead to the games on Christmas Day. And during the 8 o'clock hour, everything NFL and one final chat with the Donkster before we officially kick off the weekend. Chelsea, as you like to call it, happy good times Friday. What's going on? We're almost there. Well, it's also the holly jolly edition of the Daily Tip because this is our last show before Christmas. And I don't know if you guys are watching on Twitch, but it looks like we are dressed to go door to door caroling. We both have on some (laughs) sort of turtleneck and it looks like we'd be like delivering Bibles to people and saying, you know, we're just here. We just want to spread the good news. And we would do those things in rounds. Like, you know how they, somebody starts singing the same thing and then somebody waits five seconds. We would be doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be right behind you, like a couple (laughs) seconds behind, you know, and we'd be right there in unison. We got the little turtleneck club going on this morning. This is, you're right. I didn't even notice it at first. Ah, this is perfect. This is exactly how we want to go into the weekend. Oh, yes. Even though based on that small clip of you singing, I don't know if you're going to make the cut. You might be replaced by the end of the show uh, when it comes to the holly jolly singers of the Daily Tip. I agree. Last night, the lovely Catherine and I decided we would just buy some wine and sit on the couch and then start playing our favorite Christmas songs. And my voice hurts because I was trying whenever I sing, I don't. I have an okay voice. I'm pretty good at mimicking. Like there's a bit, big difference, right? Like between, mm-hmm. oh my God, you have an amazing voice and you can kind of mimic someone. So when I sing, I'm trying to mimic. So when I play, have a holly jolly Christmas, you know, by Burl Lives, that's not actually how I sing, but I'm trying to be husky, but it hurts my voice. So I was doing that for, I don't know, a few songs last night. And that's why my voice hurts this morning. It was not the smartest idea I've ever had. Well, maybe next time you can try Mariah Carey. Go the opposite <laughs> direction. You know, have the, the falsetto <laughs> in your voice where yes. you reverse puberty and go the other direction. So, mm. you know, cancel it out a little bit. <laughs> That'd be great for me. I, I feel like you can sing. You can sing. I've heard you sing before. And you can play the piano. I've, I've seen you on the gram playing piano. So do you have some sort of secret 
musical talent that we don't know about? Do we get a Christmas song before the end of this show? No, I'm not singing. No. It's 5.03 a.m. Isn't, oh, aren't most singers really, really strict on when they will showcase their voice? It's like mm-hmm. Beyonce, like, does she want to sing Cold Turkey live with no accompaniment? No, she doesn't want to do that to herself. So I'm not going to either. I feel like it's difficult enough for me to form cogent thoughts at this hour of the day, let alone put my voice on national radio. So I don't think so. Great word, by the way. Cogent. I haven't heard that one in a while. That's a good one. Triple Maybe letter we'll, we'll, score. Triple letter score. Maybe we'll. Maybe I might try to come up with a Christmas song. Maybe I can write one before the end of the show. We'll see about that. I'm not promising anything. Chelsea, tell us about your bets last night because we were all over this Thursday night football game. Yeah, I regret my best bet. I'll say it. Sometimes I will have a bet. And the handicap is correct. And I say, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. I would play it again. Last night, I would not play this Alvin Kamara prop again. Had over his receiving prop of 29 and a half. And I knew going in, and I even mentioned this in my handicap, that the matchup was really tough. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara was enough of a receiving back to kind of buck this trend that we've seen with the Rams. But going into this game, the Rams gave up the fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs of any team in the NFL. I saw that and said, well, it's a low number. I'll take my chances. I should not have taken my chances because you could see it in the defense. This is something they defended really well. That was an L. uh, But the Kyron Williams one that we were both on over his rushing prop, it was really high at 88 and a half. Later in the day, it was at 91 and a half. And let me tell you, that was a sweat. Because I gave that one out uh, on some of the other radio shows I went on, and he was sitting at 90 for, like, quite some time. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to miss it by one yard. But he went way over it, went over the century mark, so that was a dub uh, at least. So one and one for me. Well done. I was also on Kyron Williams as well. That was a dub. Finally had a 2-0 night. I needed one. I was laying the floor with the Rams. Ooh, let's go. And it got a little dicey late because the Rams were up big and then the Saints made a run in the fourth quarter, but still a win as L.A. is victorious 30-22. to For the Donkster, a one-on-one night. Had the Bucks laying eight against the Magic. The Bucks win, but only cover or don't cover. They only won by four, 118-114. That's a loss. But the Donkster did have Lightning on the money line hosting the Knights, and Tampa wins 5-4. So for the week, you are 3-2. and two. I am 2-4, and four, finally off the schneid, and the Donkster is 3-4. and four. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on this Friday morning Good Time Edition as we get you ready for the holiday weekend. And let's talk Thursday night football. The Rams beating the Saints last night, 30-22. to The Rams laying four. They were minus 200 on the money line. The Saints plus 165. Total set at 46 at BetMGM and the overhits. Matthew Stafford, 24-34, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Kyron Williams, we talked about it, 104 yards and a score. And Puka Nakua, nine catches for a career-high 164 yards. Three by one to the right side. Looks that way. Throws that way. Caught. Nakua. Touchdown. 
Al Michaels with the highlight on Amazon Prime. The Rams jump out to a 30-7 lead with about 12 minutes to play in the fourth quarter by scoring on six of their first eight drives before the Saints try to make it a game late. Still, the Rams hold on. They continue to surge. The L.A. Rams have won five of six. They move into the sixth spot in the NFC playoff race, and they are above the 500 mark for the first time since week one. Chelsea, the Rams going into this season looked like they were going to be trash. They were sitting around at three and six at one point this year, and now they look like a legit playoff team. It almost makes me a little sad that this game was in primetime because mm-hmm. now everybody knows about the Rams. Because going into that Commanders game last week, it felt like the Rams were very much flying under the radar. When you have a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl, when you have a receiver that's won the Triple Crown, and then you have all these young pieces like Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua that are operating at a high level like they are, you would think more people would be talking about this team. So going into last night, you know, you saw the Rams as merely four-point favorites at home against a Saints team that have been so underwhelming this season. And I think a lot of people were, you know, welcome to the fact that Matt Stafford, he still got it. Man, was mm-hmm. he dialed in last night. And I think that's the the main takeaway is – You see the level that Matt Stafford is playing at right now. Some of those throws he made, my goodness, he was locked in. He was throwing it right on the money on the run. And he's not a dual threat quarterback, but the way that he can evade pressure and Mm -hmm. make these throws on the move, it just makes their offense so dangerous. And now, what is it, four straight games with at least 28 points in each? This offense is rolling. Like the defense nearly gave it away at the end, but still, this is a Rams team that's going to be, I'm going to say, pretty feisty come playoff time. Yeah, there's no question about it. And watching Matt Stafford, I think you're so right about him. There was a narrative early on about Matthew Stafford, which was okay quarterback, and that was when he was with the Lions. But I think he has opened a lot of people's eyes. And it's hard to change a narrative once it's set. You know how that goes. It goes for anything. Any walk of life, you can have a job yourself. And once people think a certain way about you, it's really hard to shift that. Matthew Stafford, I think, for a lot of football fans, has shifted that narrative because of that Super Bowl and because they've seen as time has passed just how consistent and how good he is. I remember last week in that Commanders game, And you mentioned this throw. I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, where he was flat-footed, and it even caught the play-by-play guy off guard because he goes, and Stafford's just going to throw it complete. Like, he thought Stafford was just going to throw it away like he's flat-footed. He'll just throw it in the flat, throw it away. And he completed the pass just like he wanted to. So when he is in control of a game, you can see the Rams elevate their level of offense. And also, I have to say, the Rams now are... 8-0 against the number in December in their last eight games. And I think the reason that is, Chelsea, is because of Sean McVay. And coaching certainly makes a difference in the National Football League. And what he is, this is a guy that damn near walked away from the Rams in the spring. I think people forget about the fact that he said, I'm kind of burnt out. I don't know if I want to do this another season. Maybe I need a break. That lasted about a week and a half. He thought about it and he said, okay, I'm going to come back. And you can see his imprints on this Rams team. And that's why they're getting better. 
Oh, for sure. And also the Rams organization, because I think a lot of mm. people kind of forgot about the Rams or at least left them by the wayside when they surrendered all of those picks. Remember FM picks? They didn't care about the yeah. future. They just went in to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> but the way that they have drafted some of this young talent, they showed the graphic on the screen last night. The impact players that the Rams have gotten in the third round or later. And these are the players. Cooper Cup, which obviously was, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few years ago, but still. Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, and then a couple guys on the defense. Like, those are some of the biggest names on the entire team. So they have done an excellent job at developing young talent. And also, we got to talk about Kyron Williams for a second. I know he was uh, our bets, so we clearly mentioned him. But still, this goes two ways. When you have a passing attack that is accurate and as efficient as what we see coming from Matt Stafford, and also a run game that is equally efficient with Kyron Williams. Man, has he got some spark in his step. We had a bit of a scare when he left the game. I thought he was going to go into concussion protocol, but still, Mm -hmm. these things go both ways. They benefit each other. So the way that this offense is rolling right now, like I said, this team is peaking at the right time, and that's what you don't want to see. When you're a team that's just kind of been middling throughout the season, because I would say the two Mm -hmm. hottest teams in the NFL right now, probably the Rams – And probably the Bills. Like, the Niners have been good all year. So I'm not going to call them, like, the hottest team. But wouldn't we say those are the two teams that kind of have the momentum going into the final stretch of the season? Because we see this across all sports. There's always a team that gets hot down the stretch that ends up going way further than people expect. Don't the Rams look like one of those teams? Yeah, I think you nailed it. As far as, they're the late bloomers, the Rams and the Bills. Mm -hmm. Like the the boy or the girl in high school, and they're not quite there yet. But then you see them two or three years later, and like, ah, oh, you put it all together. You look great. You were close there for a while. You weren't quite there, but now you got the ball rolling. And I feel like that's what the Bills are doing. That's what the Rams were doing. And I was stunned to hear after the game, Saints head coach Dennis Allen said, You know, we got confused on defense because of all of the pre-snap movement that Sean McVay incorporates into his offense. You hear coaches say this maybe in the college game. At the pro game, I think that's a rare admission, particularly when you're talking about such a defensive-minded head coach as Dennis Allen. He's like, yeah, they got the best of us. The way they work that offense, Sean McVay and his mind, when he is able to work his magic on the field, makes it really tough as a defensive coordinator or as a defensive-minded head coach. So to your point, that's just another reason why this Rams offense and this Rams team right now, that's that's going to be one of those teams you're going to hear it. Nobody wants to face the Rams. They're not the best team, but you don't want to face them. Well, that's also the benefit of having a veteran quarterback because, Mm -hmm. as we know, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and good veteran quarterbacks do not grow on trees. So you can do things like this because Matt Stafford knows what he's doing. He's been in the league for Mm -hmm. how long? Like, seriously, I feel like he's been in the league forever through different eras. Like, I don't even remember Detroit Matt, Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah, he's 35 now and still as good as he's ever been. Coming up on the show, only the best and biggest NFL games will do on this Friday. Our picks and leans for week 16 are next. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It's the Turtleneck Club on the Daily Tip from BQL, presented by Madam Jeff. 
Hey, this is Trista Crick from BetMGM Tonight. The holiday season is amazing, almost as amazing as a parlay paying out 100 to 1. Thank you for being part of the BetQL crew. Happy holidays. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Coming up in just a bit, the Cowboys and Dolphins meet in Miami, and the line seems fishy. We will get into that. Chelsea, I was on a fast earlier this week I was telling you about, and I only do this, I don't know, three or four times a year where I feel like I've been eating too much, consuming too much. And I just do a quick like 24 hour fast to kind of like reset myself a little bit. And there are different studies on whether or not this is actually effective. But the only reason why I mention it is because coming up in, when are we going on vacation? I think it's late February. The lovely Catherine and I are going to St. Martin and I've never been, it's her favorite place. She's been three or four times. So she is like, I want to take you to St. Martin. I know all the places to go. I know the beaches. I know everything. It's my favorite place on the planet. I can't wait to take you. I was like, that sounds great. But the one thing I know about myself is that is the next time I will do a fast because whenever I'm near the beach, it's pina colada time. And I usually go in real light, but then I come back much heavier because when you drink pina coladas for a week, that's a sticky weight. That's, that's, I, I come back sloshing around because it's all pina coladas and I don't drink them any other time, but when I'm on vacation, I got to go in real light because I'm going to come out real heavy. I can just hear myself. Shh, shh, shh. That's what it sounds like when I get back from vacation and I'm kind of looking forward to it. That's my next fast couple months. Yeah, I imagine those containers that they hold the, the mix in or like the sludge. You know how they're like clear yeah. and they're like these big, I don't want to call them troughs, but like buckets for a lack of better yeah. word. I remember when I was little, I used to think the way that your body held food was you were just completely hollow. And so when you <laughs> would drink or eat something, <laughs> like your whole leg is full, your whole other leg is full. <clears throat> now it's up to your stomach. And that's yes. how I thought like eating worked. And I was like, oh, I've got plenty more room. I have a whole body to like, you know, stuff that, you know, can be slashing around. But it does feel like that when you eat something with that consistency or drink something with yeah. that consistency, you can feel it like sloshing around in your stomach. Yep. Like, have you ever had something like that in your stomach and you have to like bend over to pick something up and you're like, oh, I just oh, oh, it go God. around in my stomach. Yeah. Uh, but clearly I was a very smart little girl. I love that. Well, I can have three pieces of pie. Something's got to fill up my left arm. I've already filled up most of my body. (laughs) That's actually an amazing concept. If you're a kid, though, it makes sense. That's the way I look at it. I got to drink many pina coladas. I got a big body to fill. That's your whole leg. Last time I was in one leg. This whole leg. Pina colada. One leg daiquiri. Oh, Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm already getting excited talking about it. I was in Aruba a few years ago my one trip for the year 
And I told the bartender, I was like, hey, we just top off these pina coladas, little 151. He's like, that's a great idea. So, oh, it was awesome. They started calling me Mr. 151. Mr. 151. I was like, yeah, that's my guy. Oh, it was great. I want to do that again. That's a good nickname to have. You never know if it's going to work or not. That worked well. It was fun. Yeah, until you can't remember anything the next day. Uh, but when we're since we're talking about drinking, and this is basically our weekend, I think we've already agreed that we're like kind of mailing it in. Like, you know, we have yeah. the weekend off for Christmas after this. What are the Christmas drinks? Because you're talking about pina coladas, mm. but what's something you will be drinking this weekend? Like, is there a Christmas themed drink other than eggnog? Because mm. I'm not drinking that, uh, that I should be preparing to make. Ooh. You know what sounds good is a hot toddy. That sounds good right now. Also, I want to say, somebody in this studio, I want to have a drink before I leave. Did you see this, Matt? Somebody, when I walked in this morning, there were about four guys in front of me, and they're rolling in this huge tray of food and booze. I'm not kidding. I looked down, I'm like, this is, they came into our studios. I'm letting them hold the door, like, yeah, come on in, guys. And I look down, I see steak, I see eggs, I see a lot of bottles of booze, and then there's some mixtures, and I I glance down, I swear to God, and it says Rudolph Punch. That's what it is. It's the junkies. They do this every year. I got to get in there and get me a drink. They have this every year where they just drink on air, and then I think they have breathalyzers. They've done this forever. I got to sneak in there and just, like, get me one before the end of the show. Rudolph Punch, there's your answer. I what Whatever Rudolph Punch is, look that up and have that. I think I've had that at a frat party before. Um, but why would you shouldn't have to sneak in? Like, don't you have any rank at the station? Like, you work there. You are not some I mean, guy I know off everybody. the street. Right. Just true. go in there. Say, hey, I'm, I'm going to come in, in here. But I'm, I'm going to make a plate. Just turn the other direction. I'm part of the show. I'm going to make a plate. <laughs> Guys, don't mind me. I'm just going to, I'm going to make a plate. I'm going to make a plate. I'm going to grab a drink. Don't sweat it. Yeah, I should just slide in there and do that. That's a good idea. So during the break, when I go upstairs to go to the bathroom, I might just like slippy slide in there, come back here. You're like, wow, Jinx is in a great mood. Rudolph punch. That's why. Let's see if I can pull that off. <laughs> see if I can. Uh, what what yeah. you're saying all this? Okay. Oh, yeah. Bill says they would totally let you grab some stuff. Okay. I'm going to try and do that. We'll see. We'll see if that happens before the end of the show. Chelsea, let's get drunk on some NFL picks, shall we? Week 16 in the National Football League. And the big one on Monday night, 8-15, Christmas Day. I believe we have a triple header in the NFL on Christmas Day. And this is the big one. Ravens. Niners out west. The Niners laying five and a half points. Niners are minus 250. Ravens are plus 195. The total set at 47. These are your top two Super Bowl favorites. The Niners are plus 225. The Ravens are plus 550. The Ravens clinched the AFC North with a win and a Browns loss or tie. The Niners clinched the top seed in the NFC overall if the Eagles, Cowboys, and Lions all lose. Probably not going to happen. However, the Niners have won six straight games. I have seen opinions all over the place on this matchup. What do you think is going to happen? Well, there was some interesting line movement in this one yesterday because this got all the way down to four and a half. But since then, it has gone back up to five and a half, which makes me think 
maybe something's up with the injury report because usually mm-hmm. if there's line movement on a Thursday, it has something to do with that. I know for the Ravens, Zay Flowers did not practice, but I think they were expecting him to play. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, limited part- participation in practice. We know he is one of the best blockers on the offensive line for the Ravens. But I don't know. I think I'm still on the Ravens. P.J. Glasser brought up the stat on our show earlier this week. Lamar Jackson against the NFC has been cash Mm -hmm. money. 19-1 against the spread in his last 20 meetings against a team from the NFC. Not sure why that is, but still, it has Mm -hmm. been pure domination. So when you're getting five, five and a half points now with a Rayot team that I feel like has been not talked about as much as they probably should be for a team that's 11-3 in the AFC – I think I'll take the points here and hope that Lamar Jackson and company can at least keep it close. I think I'm going to go the other way. I think I'm going to go Niners. I did think it was interesting yesterday when you talk about that line movement, because as soon as it went down to four and a half, it went right back up to five and a half. It wasn't at four and a half for a long time. And when you look at the Niners, when I talk about that six game winning streak, They have won six straight games by at least double digits in every single game. I know it's the Ravens, but the Ravens are really banged up. I think Keaton Mitchell being out is is very significant. They were already thin at running back, and he was sort of found money, and now he's gone for the season. And I just don't think the Ravens have faced a defense like this. Lamar, I know how good he is in games like this. You mentioned that. But I think I will lean Niners in this one. Regardless, this is going to be a fantastic game and a possible Super Bowl preview, especially if you believe in conspiracy theories because we've talked about that where the logo, the Super Bowl logo each year always has the colors of the teams that end up in the Super Bowl. So I think I'm going to lean Niners. Who do you think this game is bigger for? Because I think I would tend to lean Ravens. The Niners, yeah. do they really need a signature win at this point? Like, I don't think they do. No. Like, I think they would like to win this one. And obviously, they're going to try their best. But still, I think this is a very important litmus test for a Ravens team that have been, do you say, front running when a team has been leading in all of their games? Like, I don't know if that's the correct qualifier, but yeah. you get what I'm saying. The Ravens have been leading in so many of these games. I think the metric was like 80% of their minutes. They've been leading in ball games. So can this team yeah. play win behind? Because that's been the traditional knock on the Ravens, a run first team that if they're behind, you got to rely on the pass. And sometimes that's not the case. I know the team's a little different this year. And Lamar Jackson is a good passer. I'm not somebody who's going to say that he's not, but still an important litmus test, I think, more so mm-hmm. for the Ravens. I agree. And they're already playing the disrespect card. Did you read that article a couple days ago where the lock, the Ravens locker room, oh, they're pissed. They can't believe they are underdogs in this game. What? <laughs> I, I love it. I know. All I right. Know. They're aware, they are aware <laughs> of the point spread, and they're like, this is disrespectful. How are we underdogs in this game? Like, because San Francisco is the best the team in the NFL. You're on the road <laughs> out west, and you're playing the best team in football. That's why. But you know how it is in, in any sport? People just look for ways to to be motivated. And like to a man, I just, I can't believe it. This is so disrespectful. Like, no, it's not. Even you though, do you want to be works. the one that goes up to Lamar Jackson and says, listen, brother, I will tell you how sports betting works. This is, it's nothing personal. Yes. 
Like, do you want to be the one that goes up to him and explains to him this? I don't want to be. (laughs) I mean, if the Ravens were favored in this game, do you know how much money would come in on San Francisco? Oh, my God. It would be They're not going to be home underdogs. Right. It would be piles of money. So they don't really understand it. It's just the, you know how it is. It's, it's mm-hmm. we'll find anything to motivate us. We'll find anything to be angry about. We'll find anything to give us a chip on the shoulder. And as soon as I read this article, I'm like, okay, guys. I mean, good, whatever. I, I'm sure that you have to do that sometimes. Just you add fuel to the fire. But I also thought, guys, just we'll talk about betting some other time. But it was it was very funny to hear them to a man just be so angry about this. Speaking of motivation... Do you think that's Mm -hmm. a factor in this Cowboys and Dolphins game? The other big matchup of the week where we have a one-point spread, Dolphins home favorites here by one, and the other great metric that P.J. Glasser brought up, Cowboys 12-1 and against the spread off a loss since 2020. What do you make of that? Oh, let me tell you something. I love the Cowboys. Cowboys money line. I will give this out later. And PJ mentioned that stat, which is a great stat. And I'm going to say this sentence for the next three hours again and again and again. Who have the Dolphins beaten this season? Seriously. Who of significance has Miami beaten? Let me give you this list. You ready for this? Jets, Commanders, Jets again, Raiders, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, Broncos, Chargers. Who in the hell has Miami beaten this season that is any good? Not my team on that list. Yeah, exactly. They didn't beat your t- That's what I'm saying. They lost to the Titans. So I, it's not a one-game sample size. But I don't think Miami has played anyone of significance and won. I am going to hammer Dallas. Also, you've got to keep an eye out for the offensive line injuries for Miami as well. Two mm-hmm. of, I believe, their starting right guard and right tackle did not practice yesterday. So that could cause some real problems when you're facing Micah Parsons' And company. So I'm with you. The Cowboys was like my fourth pick. Like we do three picks and mm-hmm. Cowboys were like just out of the mix for me. Yeah, that's right. I, I get that. And I it may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe Miami, the line is the line. So maybe Miami shows up. They're very good at home and Dallas lays an egg. But everything to me points to Dallas and I need to see I forget what they named the metric but if you look at strength of victory like you take the combined win-loss records the strengths of teams that you have been victorious over this season Mm -hmm. the Dolphins have the worst the worst metric in the NFL by far it's 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 super low because when they faced anyone that is worth a damn in the NFL They've lost, so I need to see them beat a good team. If they win this weekend, I'll give them full credit, but I just haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to roll with the Cowboys. And you mentioned that stat as well about Mike McCarthy. So Mike McCarthy? Oh, the against the spread off the loss. Okay. Yeah, against, gotcha. yeah, he's very, very good at the spot. Coming up next, we've got eight bowl games on the schedule this weekend, so there is money to be made somewhere, maybe even 
at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. We are talking college bowl season next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Come on back. What's up, everybody? Nick Costos here from You Better You Bet. Just wanted to thank everyone for all the support. Hope you enjoyed the wagertainment. Hope your stockings are filled with winners. And we're looking forward to a great 2024 here on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Daily Tip with BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Happy holidays. We're almost there. Yeah. Oh, double D. Come on, man. Troy, Duke, Birmingham. We'll try to infuse some excitement into this weekend's bowl schedule. Chelsea, I got the best news ever two days ago. You know I'm going to the Sugar Bowl in New Mm -hmm. Orleans to watch Texas play Washington. And the lovely Catherine has a friend, our friend Carla, who texted her and said, Hey, are you going to New Orleans? You know that I know people on the Sugar Bowl committee, right? And I was like, she does? And she said, yeah, I think I can get us tickets if you want them. And we're like, yeah. Like, I mean, we thought, well, you know, we have tickets. They're not great, but they're pretty good tickets. So do we roll the dice? Could these tickets be worse? Could they be better? Chelsea, let me tell you. She said, yeah, they're... Loge tickets, L-O-G-E. I'm like, what is that? That doesn't, that doesn't sound good. Chelsea, they're lounge club tickets. Are you kidding me? Got them for face value. Great sideline views from comfortable seats. Access to the club lounges. Premium concessions available. Access to a full service bar. Panoramic views across New Orleans from the lounge spaces. Giant screens to follow the game from inside the lounge. And we got them. So you talk about total stroke of luck. So not only are we going to New Orleans now, we're going to be in the lounge club watching this freaking game. I cannot believe it. So lucky. That is my Christmas gift right there. Ooh, what a season capped off by the perfect way to watch it. You're right. This does sound way better. I think whenever I've gone to a game and I've gotten the chance to take in the game in like the lounge area, because, you know, they have this at just about every stadium. It's Mm -hmm. way better. The food is awesome. You get comfy seats. You don't have to like every time you get up, there's a row of 15 people sitting down. You're like, Hey, I got to get past you. I got to go TT. Um, So, yes, it is a much better way to watch a game. But next, do you feel like all the stars are aligning? Or are you starting to wonder if Mm. all of your luck is being used on this and not the actual game? Have we addressed the elephant in the room yet? The fact that Texas is facing a pretty formidable opponent? I don't know why Texas is favored in this game. That's what scares me. I think most people, if you just told them Washington is facing Texas, who's the favorite, you'd say Washington. So I 
I think the Huskies are going to win. I'm trying to set my level of expectation. No matter what happens, I'll be disappointed. But we won the Big 12. You're at the Sugar Bowl. You're in New Orleans. Enjoy the experience. I'm not going to let this one game ruin my trip. So I'm also, at the same time, having the same thoughts you're having, which is, man, everything is just kind of falling into place here to watch these guys win. It's all kind of happening without a lot of, I mean, some work, but it's not like I'm digging around trying to reach out to connections. I don't really know anybody, and it's just kind of happening. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous, but yes, that has crossed my mind that maybe the stars are aligned. And also, you know, the national championship game is in Houston. This could not set up better for any team in college football. So we shall see. But right now, it's looking good, knock on wood, even though I do think we're probably going to lose. I know you say that the game is not going to affect your mood and affect your trip, but don't yeah. you think that's much easier said than done? Because yes. I know people who went to the TCU National Championship game when they played Whoa. Georgia, and man, you know, they said that same thing. They said, oh, well, it's going to be a great trip out to L.A. It'll be a fun experience. And then they told me. It was not a fun experience. Oh, Watching well. your team lose by 60 in the national championship was not something that made my trip great. I agree. However, <laughs> if we lose by a touchdown, couple touchdowns, fine. That's going to suck. But if we lose by 60-something, then yes, it will ruin my trip. I'm like, we. I came down here to watch these guys get donkey stomped and embarrassed. That I do not think will happen. I think we can hang with Washington, no question about it. Steve Sarkeesian has averaged, as an offensive play caller, 38 points per game against top 25 opponents this season. It's number one in college football. So at the very least, I think Texas can keep pace. But as long as it's not a blowout, I did have that thought cross my mind. Like, what if what if you go down there and you just get crushed? It's like 52 to 3. Then I might not show up for a week. After talking about this. No, you just say, that's why I took the points with Washington. See, I'm a genius. Uh, Oh, see, that's the way to spin it. Tell Mm -hmm. us, who are you taking the points with tonight in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa? It's Central Florida. Georgia Tech. UCF is laying four and a half points. UCF is minus 210. Georgia Tech is plus 170. Total at 66 and a half. In fact, if you don't want to bet on this game, it's fine. We got the Birmingham Bowl tomorrow. The Camellia Bowl. The Potato Bowl, the Armed Forces Bowl, the 68 Ventures Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl. There's fried shrimp. There's boiled shrimp. There's shrimp cocktail. You can just go on and on and on with this. Tons of bowls this weekend. So whether it's tonight's bowl or a bowl this weekend, any of these make you think, all right, I want some action on this. Yeah, let's start with the Gasparilla Bowl between UCF and Georgia Tech. Holy points, Batman. We were talking about how low some of these totals are for bowl games. Not with this one. We get a nice, healthy total of 66 and a half, but for a good reason. Uh, You look what Georgia Tech has done over their last six games. They've hit the over in five of them. And plus, if they can put up, you know, 23 points on a good Georgia defense, what are they going to do to this UCF defense that has been not very good mm-hmm. at stopping opposing offenses? Then on the other side, you have a UCF team that already has a very good offense uh, led by John Reese Plumley, which if you're a member, played for Ole Miss. And here's the thing about UCF. They are led by head coach Gus Malzahn, who is an offensive-minded head coach. 
I tend to think that when these type of teams and these type of coaches have extra mm-hmm. time to prepare, this is when you see even more points because this is how Gus Malzahn kind of rose through the ranks in college football. We know he is an offensive, up-tempo offense guy, uh, led Auburn to at least play in the national championship game. But I do think the extra time will be good for him here. So I do expect to see a lot of points. I will be taking the over at 66 and a half. Chelsea, I am with you as well. Opened at 65, went up to 67 and a half, back down to 66 and a half. So it's just kind of hanging around that spot. But I'm with you. Neither of these teams play any defense at all. And Georgia Tech, surprisingly, had the third best offense in the ACC this season. Georgia Tech, for a long time, a team that just could not do anything offensively. But they turned it on this year with Haynes King coming over from Texas A&M. Georgia Tech is also 9-3 and three to the over this year. So we got a squad play on our hands. We're going over in the Gasparilla Bowl. What's another bowl you want to talk about here? Do you have a strong opinion on any of these? I I do like, I will say, Utah State in the Mm -hmm. famous Idaho Potato Bowl. But the money is coming in on Georgia State. I'm just going to take Utah State on the money line. Yesterday, it was minus 140. Today, it's minus 125. They're laying a point and a half. Georgia State is plus 105. The total is 59 and a hook. Utah State was number one in the Mountain West in total offense, number two in scoring, and Georgia State is missing a ton of guys in the portal. I don't know why the money is coming in on the Panthers. Whatever, it's bowl season. I'm just going to take the Aggies outright. Have you ever done research for some of these games and then something jumps out to you and you start laughing? Because that's what I thought when I saw this Arkansas State and NIU matchup. In uh, what bowl game is this? Let's see. I think it is the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. I have lived in Montgomery, Alabama. Fun fact. But did you know that Butch Jones is the coach of Arkansas State? I believe it. Did I get that one right? I think so. Let me double check this. I did not know that. Head coach. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, it is. And I was immediately thinking, okay, I will take the other team. Because I am mm-hmm. not a believer in Butch Jones. I don't think he's a good coach. I know they made it to bowl season, but still, I'll go with the team that's getting points here. I'm not sure why they're getting points here. Uh, we've seen this line flip. Arkansas State was the dogs here, so money coming in on Butch Jones and company for some reason or another. But Rocky Lombardi has been at NIU, it feels like forever. I know he was a transfer from, I believe, Michigan mm-hmm. State. But I'll take the veteran quarterback here and the points. I don't think the extra time to prepare is anything for Butch Jones and this offense that has not been very good. So I'll go with NIU and the points here. It's not my favorite play, but I did laugh when I saw that Butch Jones was still coaching somewhere. (laughs) That's like when I saw that Rich Rodriguez was coaching Jacksonville State. I'm like, Rich Rod is at Jacksonville State? Every now and then you'll find a big name head coach somewhere that you didn't expect. Double D, are you around? Can you get in here? Because I think we're on the same side here. You have been on JMU all year long, and for good reason. But they are in the Armed Forces Bowl against Air Force, and I kind of like Air Force here. I think you do too. JMU was a borderline top 25 team all season long. They're missing a bunch of guys. Are you on Air Force? I feel like you are. I am. It's one of my favorite plays of of the weekend, actually. Uh yeah, like you said, uh, their coach is gone. So he's now in Indiana. 
And they've got a lot of guys that have now gone to the transfer portal. So, yeah, I really, and of course, Air Force, for reasons well known, don't have that many guys, none, going into the transfer transfer portal. So, yeah, I'm all over Air Force here. And I read this, too, that their head coach, Troy Calhoun, I want to make sure I get this right. I believe in bowl games he is 8-2 and two against the number. I got to double-check that, but I'm like you. I think Air Force is the right. And it's the Armed Forces Bowl. Can't beat Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. I'm going to be on that as well. Coming up next year on the show, time to pick our favorite six games in the NFL this weekend. But is a squad play in the cards or not? She's Chelsea. I'm Jenks. Hour two of the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM is coming your way next. Hey, it's Ken Barkley from You Better You Bet. Just want to say thank you for all your support this past year. We hope you enjoyed the wagertainment and that your stockings are filled with plenty of holiday winners. Happy holidays from all of us here at the BetQL Network.